0: Uh testing testing test 1 2 test 1 2 test 1 2 1 2 okay here we are lick flip tip kick flick of the wrist look at the flick of the wrist oh, look at the flick of the wrist look at the flick of the flick of the flick of the look at the flick of the, the wrist, wrist. <laughs> This is too many flicks. That's right. We're back. It's episode nine, baby. Nine, son. Nine in the house, son. Can you believe it? Yes, we're back. And if this is your first time listening to us, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what we do. Okay? We talk about movie trailers, movie news, and comic book movie news as well as Netflix Now, which is something that we have started. It's an in-depth look at streaming uh movies and everything of that nature. That's right. My name's Ian and I'm Ben. And we're going to be your hosts today as we journey through the cinema landscape. Hell yeah. All right. So let's start off with Tasty Trailers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gourd! It's so good in my mouth. So good, okay. I, yeah, it, no, that, that was. I apologize to my listeners. That, for that. that was that was dirty. Ooh, that was dirty. <laughs> All right. So the first trailer we're going to talk about is The Silence. It's a new Netflix oh, film. Oh boy! Yeah, that's right. It comes out April 10th, so it's right around the corner. It's directed by John R. Laurinetti, starring. Kiernan Shipka, Miranda Otto, and Stanley Tucci. Just to name a few. The description says, When the world is under attack from creatures who hunt their human prey by sound, a teenager who lost her hearing at 13 and her family seeks safety in a remote refuge. So, this one I have a lot of thoughts about because it- It sounds kind of familiar. Doesn't it sound somehow. a little bit familiar? It sounds like someone might be in a place that is, um, oh, I don't know. Oh, what? what It's not quite silent. You don't make a lot of noise. Uh, The shush? The shush place? place? The shusty place? Shh. The shut the fuck up
1: place? Shut the fuck up, or we gonna die. The place, the place a movie, a movie. Yeah, no, yeah. It's it it definitely the, like, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. We we are both on the same page. Right. We both immediately wondered how this movie mm-hmm. looked so similar to A Quiet Place. I think you even, as we put it on YouTube, prefaced it with like, "Now this motherfucker is gonna look <laughs>
0: a lot like another movie." <laughs> yeah, it, it's. I, I I think that it will be different enough. I mean, like, it is a inspired by a novel that perhaps came out before A Quiet Place. I'm not sure. I will
1: say this. I think that it will differentiate itself just a little bit because we see, just based on what the trailer gives us, Mm -hmm. a little more of human interaction than we got in A Quiet Place. Right. There seems to be almost a hint of, because it talks about, you know, some people are afraid of the darkness and some people become it. That's like some of the words that flash across the screen. I think we're going to have one of those horror movie things where it's like, oh, yeah, there are monsters, but humans are the real monsters
0: yeah no uh, I feel that man they definitely marketed this to strike those memories of A Quiet Place. Like, come on, it was just, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. The nuances are there, but it's really hard to um, digest this and be like, oh, this is definitely not A Quiet Place or Bird Box, <laughs> like what you just had, Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, but you know. I think that, I think that right. if they do focus
1: on that human aspect of it a little more, mm-hmm. we will see a fresh enough story that while reminiscent of a Quiet Place, won't make us roll our eyes or wonder when we're gonna see a copyright suit in court <laughs> or something. You know, like, yeah. I believe that it has the potential to be a great movie if it really focuses in on that human aspect. Because I feel like a Quiet Place sort of centered on the family aspect right. and family dynamics. Mm-hmm. While that's present in the trailer here, there were definitely a few things that I was like, "That's pretty devious." Like one of them taping a phone to the window with an alarm set, right. so that way the would attack the home. You know, I think that they can do enough to differentiate
0: themselves. It's just going to be an uphill battle. Did it kind of remind you of the birds in certain aspects? Of a little Hitchcock's bit, bir- yeah. Because
1: there's, you see in the trailer, the flocks flying overhead, right? And they're weird little bat creatures that <laughs> flock down and eat shit. I guess we don't really get a good look at them, but they didn't seem super threatening, right? They're the fear of the creatures definitely comes from their numbers, right? I'm curious to see how they're going to convince me that these little bat fucks are wiping out
0: entire cities. Right, yeah, it looks pretty bleak for the crew here.
1: It does, (laughs) but at the same point, I kind of wonder why. Like, with A Quiet Place's creatures, I
0: kind of understood how they might... They're aliens created to... Kill motherfuckers And not only
1: are they aliens They're like 8 feet tall oh, they're, yeah. they're intimidating yeah. looking These are little like 2 foot long bats Or something Which <laughs> you know <laughs> That's <laughs> big
0: for a bat Sure right. but Like maybe some pesticide I don't know Like it's like You're telling so me much that st- Militaries can't stand up To a flock of bats Like A lot of questions So would you say You're cautiously optimistic About this
1: I would say that yes I am cautiously optimistic Again I'm going to reiterate I think it has an uphill battle But with that Introduction of The human and dynamic and the clicks gangs and their interactions. I think that will
0: keep the story fresh enough. How about you? Uh yeah, I th- I agree. I am cautiously optimistic as well. We just have to see. Um it comes out soon, so it might blow us all away. I love the cast. Cast looks pretty good, like it, some legit, like yeah, some actors. real
1: A-listers in there.
0: Uh yeah, I mean and the bats, they it does remind me of the birds and those birds were angry. Which leads Boy, us to were they <laughs> angry. our next trailer. Ian, you want to take this one away?
1: I'll take this one away. Next up on the docket, <laughs> folks, we are looking at... And I regret this, but we have to. It is our duty. It is our duty. The Angry Birds Movie 2, which releases August 16th. It is directed by Thurup Von Orman and John Rice and starring, quite frankly, a much better cast than it deserves. I'm wondering why they're all in this. But we have Leslie Jones. We have Peter Dinklage. We have Aquafina, We have Nicki Minaj, kind of out of left field. (laughs) And there are many other B-plus A-listers in this of Jason Sudeikis. Yep. I'm just gonna give you the description. I think description. Will Rails in this too. I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. Why? We'll come to that. Right. <laughs> Essentially, the story is the flightless birds and scheming green pigs take their beef to the next level. <laughs> That's the description. That's one of the descriptions. They Essentially, the premise seems to be that there is a third faction, and they are hell-bent on destroying both the pigs and the birds. <laughs> so they kind of have to... The birds and pigs decide to team up, and what some might consider hilarity ensues. My main takeaway on this is that art is dead. Uh, art is wow. dead, and Angry Birds 2 has urinated on its grave. did any part and make you laugh? No. <laughs> I am an angry, angry boy. Not bird, <laughs> You're boy. an angry boy, Ang- angry boys. My first note as we were watching this trailer I wrote down was This is what rampant capitalism looks like This is it Yeah, This is it right here The only way that this could be more of a blatant capitalist cash grab Is if you had like microtransactions in the theater
0: (laughs) Do you
1: want to hear this next person's joke? (laughs) Go ahead and download the app on the app store It's 30 Um... cents
0: and he's next punchline. The bar is yeah. so low and yet they dare to limbo under yeah. it. Yeah, no, uh, Angry Birds 2 looks like a number 2... <laughs> That's God. the takeaway. Yeah, that's, that's a, the takeaway. That's the takeaway. It's the Boston of movies, it looks like. <laughs> there it is. All right. there it that is. one's good.
1: I like thank that one. Thank that you, thank you. I appreciate Bostonians, it. Bostonians, I'm not here to diss on you, <laughs> but I am here to rate the quality of Ben's disses, and I'm going to rate that one as pretty fair. That one was good.
0: <laughs> sorry, not sorry, Boston. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man, I, I don't remember any particular thing that stood out to me in this trailer at all. Like, nothing was funny to me. Nothing. And, you know, I hear that the first one wasn't as bad, but it just stinks of, like, a money grab. Just like the Emoji Movie, you know? it. So, I heard it was better than the Emoji Movie. Oh, wow. Which, again,
1: it's <laughs> <laughs> not a high bar. Oh, boy. Like, I feel like if someone tells you your movie was
0: better than the Emoji
1: right. Movie, you're not like, thank you.
0: <laughs> you you're kind of like... Yeah, can you imagine if a critic wrote a review and that was the only sentence they had? No, better than the Emoji Movie. <laughs> Period. I, I would end my career as an artist. I'd be like, "That's that's as high
1: as I can soar." I guess.
0: <laughs> that is it's better than the Emoji Movie. you like, was that all the review? It's like, yep. That's that's all you deserve. <laughs> that's all you deserve. Oh man, it was it was haunting. It was creepy. Um, how terrible this movie is. But something that doesn't seem nearly as terrible and perhaps better than the Emoji movie is Annabelle Comes Home. Uh, and that comes out June the 28th. It's directed by Gary Doberman, starring Madison Isman, McKenna Grace, Patrick Wilson, and Vera Varmiga. And the description is, paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren keep a possessed doll locked up in an artifact's room in their house. When the doll awakens, the room's evil spirits, it soon becomes a night of terror for the couple's young daughter and her friends.
1: Now that's a rather word Description. Yeah. I'm gonna sum it up real quick in this little sentence I got here. <laughs> Warrens
0: let some dumbass kids into their home. <laughs> you didn't have to do it like that, Ian. I, I was did the description the game. But, but Ian wrapped it up beautifully. Because yes, that is that's the premise. It just it it's mind-boggling that the Warrens have been through all of this shit, and they're like, oh yeah, you. Kid? Yeah, for sure. Like, come Come into our home. home. Like, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Honestly, if
1: I was the ones and I had my child and my child's like, can we do a sleepover? Can my kid go over? I'd be like, get the
0: fuck out of the house with the haunted murder shit. Absolutely not. Right. That's a hell no for me. Also. And Lorraine. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Who the fuck? Who the fuck is the other kid's parent that's like, oh, yeah, they got a bunch of horror mar- murder dolls and creepy piano in night armor suits that move. Yeah, you know what?
0: Fuck it, just go. I'm yeah, like, gonna <laughs> spend the night there. Your the parents was really like are annoyed by that child. They're just like, whatever whatever, just get the fuck out of my face. The prob- that that will be
1: the only justification that I'll accept <laughs> is if they include that in the exposition. It's like,
0: can I stay movie. up with someone's Yeah,
1: yeah, whatever. Just get out, house. Get of the fuck the out. We haven't had sex in eight months. <laughs> because your little hormonal te- teenage ass is wandering around the rooms all moody. Get yeah. the fuck out! Yeah. Get
0: <laughs> No, yeah. Everyone in this fucking movie looks stupid as shit. Every fucking body, like even the like the Warrens. I'm just like, come on, y'all. We've been through this. You know
1: better. You're supposed to be professionals. I know.
0: And why aren't they in an actual museum? Any of that stuff? Why would you keep that in your house? Which is something that bothered me in the um, conjuring to begin with. Like why? It. I'm kind of done with this franchise. To to be completely honest. Yes, Annabelle, the the origins of Annabelle, or whatever that this movie is was the called, third was movie. Yeah, yeah, but this one. I don't care. I don't care about any of the offsprings of The Conjuring. I don't... The Conjuring's okay. First, the... The Conjuring, the first one I enjoyed. Yeah, the second one was pretty good, too. Yeah? That's what I heard. Um, but if it's not The Conjuring, I don't give a fuck. I don't know. How do you feel?
1: So, they're very clearly trying to make its own universe. In fact, at the end of the trailer, Mm. he even states, like, the next installment in The Conjuring universe. I don't know. I don't think it's necessary. I think that they're really trying to capitalize on the void that the Chucky movies left. You know, that that sort of trope of creepy doll murders people. There's a little bit of a fresh spin because it's not necessarily the doll that's murdering people. It's the spirits attracted to the dolls. So that's, that's eerie, I guess. But this was not, I don't have faith that this will be a horror classic, that it will be better than its predecessors, I don't think they're going
0: to have a lot of new stuff to bring to the table. Because at the end of the day, you have filmmakers like Jordan Peele who are evolving and and taking the genre to a higher platform. And then you have things like this, which, yeah, I mean, mindless horror is not terrible. I mean, There's a place for it. It's a popcorn flick, but it just after watching us and like get out and you're just like okay like a this quiet is place even a quiet Again. place even you're just like okay but why do I care about this little badass girl who doesn't <laughs> listen that's your problem <laughs> don't go in the room there's a murder doll there's a murder doll <laughs> the door was unlocked right? though. no absolutely not yeah Uh did anything genuinely scare you in this did any of the jump the scares only, so none of the jump
1: scares got me the only thing that I genuinely liked in the trailer was there's a moment when the girl I don't think it's the Warren's daughter maybe it is if it is how is she still this ignorant of what her parents do But the moment in particular, the girl enters the creepy, locked away, haunted museum, and as she walks by, it's nigh imperceptible, but it's still really cool. You sort of see the suit of armor's head, like, pivot just a little bit to follow her. And I thought that was cool. That's genuinely a little unsettling, but then it's all jump scares from there. And that's just not something that appeals to me. That's not something that I think, I think it does a disservice to the horror genre as a whole. Again, as, as we both said, there's a place for it in pop culture. People will go see this movie. I just don't think it's gonna change anything. It's not
0: gonna be a revelation. It's just like the Conjuring universe just won't die. Just like our next movie, the dead don't die. The dead don't die. Which actually looks
1: like far and away much better. This movie releases June 14th. -hmm. It's directed by Jim Jarmusch and it's starring so many talented folks. Absolutely. You've got Adam Driver, Bill Murray, Selena Gomez, Austin Butler, and Tilda Swinton, just to name a few. I can't even name them all. There's about a dozen insanely talented individuals attached to this project. And the premise essentially is this. The peaceful town of Centerville finds itself battling a zombie horde as the dead start rising from their graves. Mm. Now, this... Movie, upon like literally the first 30 seconds of us viewing this trailer, the first thing that I took away was that this has a very non commercial feel. It's kind of pulpy, it feels almost like an art house zombie mm-hmm. flick, which is how I think they probably got so many talented folks attached to it in the first place. I'm not gonna lie, I was excited to see that Tom Waits finally found his way into a zombie film. <laughs> That's hella cool. Yeah. You see Tilda Swinton cutting shit up with a samurai sword. That appeals to me. Yes, please. More of that. It has this very nonchalant tone to everything. And something that I think is fresh that they're bringing to the table is uh, they point out that the zombies can speak a little bit. And they're drawn to sort of their... Past times that they enjoyed Mm. while they were amongst the living. I think there's a lot of potential for comedy there. That's sort of a fresh thing they're doing that the zombie genre doesn't necessarily touch on a lot. I don't know. I'm
0: excited for it. How about you, Ben? I am too. I think this movie can do really well. It does have a very indie feel to it. And it's not as commercial. I completely agree with those sentiments. Yet with so many A-listers, it feels genuine. It doesn't feel forced. It feels very aware of itself, which I think will make the movie just go by. It's easy to digest. And I think there might be a, some underlining messages in there once we see it. But I, I'm really excited for Adam Driver and Bill Murray's mashup. Their chemistry really cool. seems really yeah, good. Yeah, they were, really like almost like uncle and nephew type of deal. It's like (laughs) Bill Murray, who's perfect at this type of humor. Was just like, oh my god, yeah, zombies? Okay, like, are you kidding me? And Adam Driver's like, no, dude, there's zombies, and it is like so nonchalant, really like, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Like, we gotta kill these zombies, I guess. That's been
1: done before, right. kind of, mm. but it didn't feel stale. Here. No, it not at all. Genuine. It felt,
0: it felt very genuine. And I think a lot of that goes to direction and the performances by the actors. Absolutely. Because yeah, we've seen some of the, uh, a take on this zombie genre, zombie genre, just like this, but it again, like we said, it's something it's smelled fresh it didn't mm-hmm. smell stale with, with mold um and like it was in the sewer for a while like the whole city of boston that's too many burns <laughs> that's too many boston burns man i wanted a day two two yeah. two an episode you know yeah, you're telling yes, the line i'm telling the line. Yeah. yeah even i'm a little upset by that one i'm like come <laughs> on like yeah you know. Uh, But here's something interesting. Mm. Now, I wonder if this movie will make money. It does have a great cast. But around the same time, actually, that Friday, you have Men in Black International dropping and Shaft. Mm. um, And Toy Story 4 is the next weekend, as well as Child's Play. What precedes it? And uh, Okay, precedes it, you have X-Men Dark Phoenix, which, I mean, whatever. And then The Secret Life of Pets the next weekend. which So it may have some staying power within that first weekend. Uh, The next weekend after that it gets a little dicey um the only reason i say that because sometimes these indie flicks like are somewhat of an indie flick at least an indie Phil flick may have trouble making its money back with these huge summer blockbusters which is very interesting so they must have confidence in their actors in the writing to be like okay we understand that we have these huge projects that we have to contend with however we believe word of mouth will get out and we will make our money back and then some and star power too because yeah absolutely
1: you say the name bill murray people are already intrigued you say the name adam driver you know he's a really hot commodity right, right. now tilda swinton is a staple in hollywood mm-hmm. and you also have people to sort of sway the more pop culture crowd like someone tells you like selena gomez is in a zombie film right that didn't do much for me but i know that that'll do something for a lot of people you exactly. know exactly so
0: and i think they've got their bases covered a little right, bit. right right and uh it also is a different flavor than what's coming out you have a sci-fi action flick a straight-up action cop buddy flick and Shaft. And then you have The Dead Don't Die, which is a, a comedy horror. Like, okay, so I'll, I'll pose this to you, though. Okay. Give me an order um, out of those three. Who comes in first, second, and third in the box office that, that Friday?
1: On the release? Yeah. So I think that Men in Black International is gonna come first. Yeah. It's, it's big. It's, again, uh, very prevalent in pop culture. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, especially from MCU sort of nerddom area, will be out there. Getting their tickets for that. I think there's a good chance that The Dead Don't Die will come in third because Shaft looks like it's gonna be a shit ton of fun. Mm-hmm. And that's already got a built-in viewership as well. Like this is The Dead Don't Die is an original title, right. which is always kind of an uphill battle in terms of sales. Yeah. So I think that there's a solid chance it may come in third. That being said, again, with the star power, who knows? You know, you've got right. you've got Riza attached. You've got yeah. Danny Glover. They, they really have so much star power jammed into this film that People may just go see it for
0: that. You want to know a funny thing? When I saw Danny Glover on the poster, I thought it said Donald Glover. <laughs> and I was like, Donald Glover's in this? But yeah, Both I love Danny Glover. Both make me happy, yeah. Both, Both make, make me, me happy. happy. I love you some Danny Glover. I, I, would, I would agree with that, but I think what makes the Dead Don't Die a, um, a moneymaker is the mere fact that it might stay around for a while, like people will come back and see it, like it's a hot day on Wednesday or something, and everyone's like, "Oh, I've seen all these movies. What should I go see? You should definitely see The Dead Don't Die. Okay, why not? Like it's six bucks at a fucking matinee. I'll definitely check it out. Yeah. So I
1: I agree. That's a great point. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, The Dead Don't Die. I think that it's going to be a lot of fun, and you know, it'll probably be a little dark. A little scary. Just a little scary darkness going on. Kind of like the next film where they'll be telling a story...
0: Right? In the dark, and it's scary. What's the film called? I believe it's called Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Oh! oh. Uh, August 9th, directed by Andre Urdal. starring Dean Norris, Javier Botet, Gil Bellows, Lorraine Toussaint, and Austin Abrams. Description A group of teens face their fears in order to save their lives. Um, so, that being said, this trailer really got me hooked. Did not necessarily read the books when I was younger. I'm sorry, I was a Goosebumps person. I I, I know know you, you can like both. Certainly, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I was more geared towards Goosebumps, light horror. Slash comedy. It's something that I'm like not too frightened about. Scary stories to tell in the dark. Just looking at the cover, I was like, hell no. I am, I'm not reading so, this.
1: And it, that's what that's what it was good for mm-hmm. was those those covers, those illustrations right. were really, really freaking creepy. So creepy. I really appreciated this trailer because I did read the books. As a child. Mm. I think it's just a singular book, actually. It's an anthology of uh, creepy stories. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't really sure how they were going to do this narratively, if that makes sense, without it being an anthology, which is hard to do for a theatrical release film. But they kind of clarified that with this trailer. I think that was super important that they did it. Essentially, a kid finds a creepy book from a woman named Sarah Bellum. Of course. Yeah. And she is kind of set up as this... Narrator, this very creepy-sounding narrator. She says something along the lines of the intro into the trailer, along the lines of, they used to tell horrible stories about me, and now I'm going to tell them the scariest story of all. Something akin to that. It's It does a really good job of evoking the 90s when the stories came out, which I think was a really smart choice to set it then and not presently, because with the innovation of technology, a lot of these stories would kind of be moot in point. Like, there's one where a dude hears a creepy voice, While he's walking home, all he would have to do is pop in some earbuds and turn on iTunes or call someone, and it would be
0: not a scary story anymore. (laughs) Right? Seriously, yeah. With the advent of smartphones, it yeah, you can kind of get around a lot of these things. Like, hey, yeah, there's a creepy thing over here. I need you here right now. Yep. (laughs) Like, yeah, uh, I'm gonna put it on my snap. (laughs) Put put this on 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 Insta. Like, y'all see this shit? This shit's crazy, ain't it? It's going viral. No. Yeah, I I don't have. Too much to say about this. It's one of those wait and see approaches for me. Agreed. Again, I don't have an emotional attachment to this, like most might from reading the books. So I'm slightly apprehensive, but I can tell you what it scared the shit out of me, just like the cover of the books. I mean, the creatures look—they look terrible. Great, they look great. There were at least two or three times I was.
1: Sitting there, like, oh, oh, shit, that's that's gross, right?
0: Yeah, and I don't know any of these people who are in it as well, so that's pretty cool to see. Yeah, these young, yeah, these yeah. young actors look like they do a great job. Yeah, uh, I, and I know that Guillermo del Toro is attached. In some capacity. Yeah, he's in a producer capacity. So where can you go wrong, really? You know, I'll just, I can't wait for it to come. It's going to be a great summer flick. I'm just going to eat my popcorn and being spooked out and creeped out. I think that's the best way to do it. Yeah, so you think there'll be a lot of jokes in it? I see what you're doing, Ben. Yeah? I see what
1: you're doing. Yeah, a lot of... You're a a regular old joker, you are. You know it. (laughs) I'm sorry, I kind of stole that transition from you. I, I no, I was giving
0: you some tennis football. Okay, okay. Yeah, we were batting it across. Yeah, I
1: tried to overhand it back. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Next up, we're, we're actually <laughs> talking about, you might have guessed it, The Joker. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Joker releases October 4th. It's directed by Todd Phillips, and it's starring Joaquin Phoenix, Zazie Beetz, Robert De Niro, Mark Marin, and Brian Tyree Henry. The premise is a failed stand-up comedian is driven insane and becomes a psychopathic murderer. Like many failed comedians. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's why being a comedian is so hard. Yeah. So many of them end up on death row for
0: their <laughs> senseless killings for you. Yeah. It's just like, you ruin one joke and you kill a bloke. That's that's <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what the English comedian right? circuit says. Yeah. <laughs> you ruin one joke, you kill a bloke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, this looks creepy as hell, dude. It looks
1: great. Joaquin Phoenix went there. Yeah, he did. You know, his laugh that he does, like mm. the first time you hear his laugh, it's so on point and yet his eyes are so empty. <laughs> oh my God. It was this I yeah. I hope that he is regularly seeing someone. I do too. To help him through this journey because anyone who plays this role historically has had to do and go to some very very weird places and given Joaquin's background and his history yeah, we know that he's not
0: afraid to just jump into the deep end you know Yeah, and man he looks so unhealthy in this. That's the key word and I know he's playing a character but physically and mentally I'm like this dude looks like he's gonna fucking kill some boy yeah I was he had me he had me immediately seeing him I was like he, he makes me feel extremely extremely uneasy mm-hmm. it made you your skin crawl really um yeah there's almost a sort of
1: Norman Bates type thing yes, that they set up with yes. him and his mother and he's like dancing with her and it's like yeah kind of there's an odd tension that's there that feels again
0: for lack of a better term Norman Batesy <laughs> which is so weird and gross but that is what I think. They, I think they draw hair heavily from um, Psycho, a lot. It of definitely psycho, looked like that, yeah. yeah. A lot of Psycho parallels here. Um, it's his makeup, his laugh, just him, just seeming so empty. I think that was a good word that she used. Just nothing's going on behind those eyes, but like pure turmoil. Yeah, it's so. To, and the musical choice so oh, good smile yeah, cause yeah. That, my wife Anne is always like that. why do you like that song that song's fucking like creepy and weird and like it's fucked up we just shut up and smile like put on a happy know, face that's nah, not what depression is like it's like <laughs> it is very true Oh, man. Something yeah. that I thought this trailer did
1: really well. We don't really see any violence, and yet somehow the entire trailer felt violent. Yeah. It felt... Felt dirty. Ma- it felt dirty. Maybe it was just the threat of violence that was looming. Like, they foreshadow violence for sure, but we never once see him do any murdery thing as the Joker, but nope. you are
0: dead-ass sure that he's doing some fucked-up shit. They're marketing the fuck out of this movie.
1: I think DC is going to regret this... because. Didn't they make an official statement that, it's that they said... it's not a part of the
0: DCEU the DCU. or whatever? That's dumb! What I- They're
1: gonna it be is. eating those fucking it words, is. man. You,
0: I mean, you could still make it a prequel or an origin story about the Joker and have him show up older and fucked up. Maybe they might work out a deal. Because I think right now you need Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix brings a whole nother level... That the MCU just doesn't have right now. They don't, they have it in the Black Panther like series, which is great, but that's about it. And you have that gravitas of like Joaquin Phoenix and his fucking insane taxi driver looking Joker. Like, I mean, (laughs) get Jared Leto the fuck out of there because his Joker, (laughs) one of my favorite comedians and podcasters, Jay Washington says this. And holla to Jay Washington if you at all listen. But, he says it reminds him of Grand Theft Auto Joker. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh just a Grand Theft Auto character. <laughs> that's, that's a Not great... Like, no, that's great. That's on point. Or like, a Saints Row character. Like, yeah. That's, that's more on that's point. That's more on point. Because
1: at least GTA is considered, like, kind of grounded <laughs> right. and still good. Saints Row, they don't even try. Like, <laughs> they want to be stupid and
0: ridiculous. Oh, yeah.
1: I think that's a great, yeah. a great parallel. Way yeah. to go, Jay. Yeah, way to go,
0: Jay. I hate hate is joking, and this just puts faith in, in that character at first I think like many others I was like perhaps we don't need a Joker origin story but if they tell it like this fuck they also really capture the era mm-hmm. really well yes it,
1: it feels cause it's set in like the 70s or 60s or something I isn't it
0: I think the 80s the, the, the early 80s,
1: 80s. okay they just they really capture so and I'm going to talk about this later in the podcast there is a period piece that I'm going to talk about where they try to evoke a certain time period and it, do, it doesn't feel genuine mm. here I did feel even in the brief minute and a half two minutes that the trailer lasts I felt transported back to another time and that, that's hats off to their production crew, because that's, that's all of them. The director plays a part for sure, but uh, it, without a good production crew, like, I'm gonna talk about it later in the movie that I'm referencing now where yeah. they
0: fuck up the period. Like, they, they nail it. In Joker. Not only that, but I forgot it was a comic book film until I heard Gotham. Yeah. Like, until they were like, the city of Gotham. I was like, oh, wait, what? I thought it was like Detroit or something. I was like, seriously. It
1: looks like a dystopian New York or right. Detroit or a grimier Chicago. It yeah. threw
0: me for a loop. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. This is a Joker movie. Uh, it feels grounded. It doesn't yeah. feel as heightened as a comic book movie. Yeah, might. it feels like, I think I saw a commenter on Twitter who said it reminded them of perhaps a prequel of the Heath Ledger Joker. And I was like, I could see that. I There's see a that. lot
1: of images. There's one in particular where his outfit, with the color of his hair and the way his makeup is done, he like looks in the mirror. It's just a flash, but it definitely looked like Heath Ledger was
0: back in that role. It, right. Oof. Creepy, man. Yeah, that's, we'll, leave, we'll leave it at that, and then we'll go on to our next segment, Flix News. So Ben, what do we got up first in Flix News? Hey, I'll tell you what we got first, Ian. Some white people have lost their goddamn minds about- Surprise. Surprise, about Jordan Peele's comments about casting. And let me give you a taste of what he said, and I quote, I don't see myself casting a white dude as the lead in my movies. Not that I don't like white dudes, but I've seen that movie. Mm -hmm. Now, some people are crying racism, prejudicedness, Whatever reverse racism, which isn't even a not thing real not real first of all, Jordan Peel has every right to say what he says because black people and minorities and people of color have been disenfranchised, especially in Hollywood, for a long time since Hollywood was a goddamn thing. As a matter of fact, let me pull up a a really interesting point here. Hattie McDaniels, who won an Oscar for Gone with the Wind, wasn't even allowed to sit with her co-stars. That's... Okay. So, like... That's wild. That's Fucking wild. And that's real. That's what we've had to endure for some time now. And yeah, things are catching up. We want to see representation. We've seen these stories already, and now it's all coming out. And I've heard people, even podcasters, even people at, I won't say the name of the company, saying that Jordan Peele should have limited. Himself, in other words, restricted what he said, and he said it too harshly that he should have babyset these motherfuckers' ears with something polite, as in perhaps, you know, I don't want to see my works of art with, um, I only want to see my works of art with people of color, and then that's how it is, like softening the blow, and you, it, we don't have time for that. We don't. Mm-mm. He said what he said, he meant what he said, and he was right when he said it. He, made, again, he made
1: his statement, and he made a strong one, and what's more, an incredibly and perfectly valid one. Also, something that I find funny about this is all the white people freaking out about jordan peele not wanting to cast white leads y'all still know that he's gonna have villains in his movie right like there's still gonna be plenty of white people roles to be had in a jordan peele movie it's just he doesn't want to tell a story that is centered on a white person he wants to tell a story centered on people of color and that's perfectly valid because you had this uh quote that he said we have disproved at this point the myths about representation in hollywood like Mm -hmm. Audiences are hungry for that shit Audiences are hungry to see stories About people that look like them Not just the same shit we've been seeing for the past Hundred-something
0: years Exactly. And a Twitter commenter by the name of Thomas Jones He quoted some of the outrage That people have with this comment. Oh, and I don't know I li- if I'm ready for this shit. Imagine the outrage if a white filmmaker said what Jordan Peele said. Okay. Then he proceeded to put up a headline from IndieWire about what Woody Allen had to say about the issue. This is in 2014. Woody Allen says he won't hire a black actor unless the role calls for one, whatever that means. Woody Allen said it, and no one said a goddamn thing about it. But Jordan Peele says the exact same thing with better intentions yeah. and makes a lot more sense. Sense than what Woody fucking gross ass Allen had to say. And people are up in arms about it. That just goes to show That's you that some we still have double a double standard shit. Double standard and we have a long way to go. We are getting there, but we still have a ways to go. And he said what he said. And we had too many flicks stand behind him in that, Mm -hmm. and he shouldn't soften what he said. Nor should he have to. Should he have to? No. Should he have to. He didn't say anything hateful. He just, he said, nothing against white dudes. Yeah, he's just like, I've seen that story a hundred times. Yeah, that's fair. And if that
1: ain't the damn truth.
0: Yeah, if you're a white filmmaker, you, you should try it for diversity, but if you if you tell a story about your family or something, are you going to have any black people in there unless there's black people in your fucking family? Get out of here. Get out of here. Uh, I, uh, I, that was a good one. Right? See? <laughs> 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 get out. <laughs> oh, all right. Ian, what's our next topic, man? Because I'm, uh, I'm going to have an aneurysm. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so our
1: next topic... Speaking of representation in film, uh, we've got Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand both tapped to star in an adaptation of, and I'm going to catch some flack from some theater peeps for saying this name, the Macbeth (gasps) movie. I know. (gasps) What? Jesus, you don't see it? The house was just struck by
0: lightning.
1: (laughs) No. uh, Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand will be starring in a Joel Cohen version of Macbeth. And that... I said it when I first heard it, and I'm going to say it on the podcast so that it's in the audio sphere. That's going to be unfair to every single movie that comes out that year. They don't stand a fucking chance. This is a a powerhouse trio. Oh,
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: I can't wait to see who else they get attached after putting this out into, you know, the internet sphere. Just, like, people are going to be chomping at the bit to be a part of this. Mm -hmm. I think this is incredible. You couldn't have chosen a stronger pair of more powerful performers to head up two of the most infamous characters in all of literary history right this is gonna and with Joel Cohen directing you know it's gonna be like super dark but still funny like he's gonna find the humor in it Mm -hmm. this is this is gonna be incredible I'm excited to see a high big budget Macbeth adaptation, especially with these powerful folks. Will it be lit? I'm trying to find the pun you're setting up for me. It will be lit er genius.
0: Yes! There what? it is! I love it! Okay, I, <laughs> I had to go
1: into bullet time for the right. pun. I was yeah, like, like
0: puns, puns. puns. <laughs> uh, yeah, I completely agree, but this is something that when I posted this on my Facebook, a friend of mine from FSU, her name is Allie Nimmons, she said, wait, just Joel cohen since when do he and ethan exist independently from each other that's a which great is, point that's a, that is something that stood out to me right i was like yeah that that is very strange what's going on here like are they breaking up like what's going on guys maybe maybe ethan was just like nah i don't like shakespeare he was like, i don't get it i don't care for it much <laughs> he's like yeah no I'm so not my like, fuck you then i'm gonna find right. the two best motherfuckers
1: the two baddest motherfuckers in hollywood right to do my film and then you're gonna want to do it ethan and right now ethan's probably sitting there in his little fucking beanbag chair because i imagine that they're artsy and that's what they do (laughs) and he's got his chai tea and he's like damn i should
0: have been a part of that shit i should have did that shit i can't believe i didn't do Do, this you think george Clooney will be in this (laughs) 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 he's gotta be right he's in like everything they do it's true it's true i you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he's like
1: knocking on Joel's door, and Joel's like, "I'm taking submissions. Calm down, George. <laughs> Calm
0: George. Calm down, George. I, I, I want to work with Denzel. Okay, it's happening. All right. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe he'll be McDuff or something. Maybe you know? like it's a lot. Of, it's gonna be a lot of acting in this. There's yes. so much acting is gonna <laughs> happen in this. It's gonna blow your fucking mind. He's like so much acting. <laughs> There's no acting, Patrick. Sir Patrick's like, there's so much acting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. When do you think this movie will come out? I think we're gonna see a, a 2020
1: release. If they're announcing the stars right now, they're probably already in pre-production or they've probably already been in pre-production. You know, strike while the iron's hot, announce this fire ass duo, and then just keep, keep the ball rolling, get that movie out. Probably late 2020 because this is gonna this is gonna be an Oscar contender, oh, Yeah, without November, a doubt. December. I'm thinking, yeah, like late October. I I would want an October release for this because oh, yeah. it's fucking spooky. Yeah, you know, spooky. this is like the equivalent of what they had as like
0: a horror play back then. <laughs> All right, okay, my nigga, right here. I'm Macbeth. Okay, huh? you come in here, my nigga, uh huh, and you tell me that my wife just killed somebody. Jesus. I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know it's gonna be a lot of chest pounding and he's gonna knock something off a table, cause that's his table. <laughs> and Frances McDormand is just gonna do her fucking thing and be wild and great. She's gonna be fierce. Like just, they're both gonna be fierce. Uh, yeah.
1: I don't know. I, I don't know who's gonna be fiercer, because Lady Macbeth kinda has to be like, you know, like the super powerhouse. She's the impetus for it all, but. I don't know, like, mm-hmm. th- like you said, there's going to be a lot of acting.
0: A lot of acting, and they're going to make a lot of money because Shakespeare mm-hmm. is free. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's true. They don't a good point. have to pay royalties. They're not a goddamn anybody. So, what's our next topic? <laughs>
1: Up next, uh, we have another fine actor, Killian Murphy of Peaky Blinders fame, you might know him from Inception or any other myriad pieces of work, has entered discussions and I think even been recently confirmed as starring in the next installation from John Krasinski's A Quiet Place. We will have Emily Blunt, Millicent Simmons, and Noah Jupe all reprising their roles as the family. But according to sources, Killian Murphy has been confirmed as playing a man with mysterious intentions who joins the family unit. So I'm not really sure what this means for this story. Details are still pretty scant on what the next movie will entail what it will revolve around. I'm willing to bet Killian Murphy's going to be kind of fucking shady. Yeah, he normally is he, in movies, he, right? He kind of, sometimes, sometimes, like Inception, he's just kind of like nice. a sweetheart, you fucking know? I'm like, when he's shady, he's shady. When he's shady, <laughs> when he's Scarecrow in Batman, he's fucking shady. You're, you're drugging
0: motherfuckers beating the shit out of Batman.
1: Yeah. Like psychologist or therapist that like uses your fears against you, that's shady. That's shady. But then there's also sunshine where he's just like kind of doe eyed and like, yeah, and like sure he's a brilliant physicist, but he's like not really smart like, when it comes to talking with I folks. Know, but sometimes he could be slim and shady. You heard it here first. Right? <laughs> Killian Murphy will be the next Michael Mathers. Is that his name? Yeah, Marshall Marshall Mathers. Mathers. Yeah, there you go. Fuck. <laughs> Whatever, he's playing Eminem yeah. in the eight-mile reprisal. Yeah.
0: He's got a full docket. That's it. Uh, eight-mile, two. Wait, would it be 16 miles? 16 <laughs> miles.
1: Or if we're squaring it, what is that? 40, no, that's not 46. 64 miles. Sixty? Yeah, true, 64. That's embarrassing.
0: <laughs> I just couldn't do eight times eight.
1: Fuck me. You're really good, though. You're really good at, like, that quick math.
0: Don't feel bad. Unless I'm recording a podcast. Unless you're me. recording a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But... I think this could be phenomenal. I think he fits in horror genre really well, as we've seen with 28 Days Later. Yes, yeah. Uh, He he can work it. He has that silent... Stalkerish thing gone on too. That very uneasy, like appeal to him. It's the eyes. It's all in the eyes. Because he's conventionally pretty attractive, but he's
1: also a little gaunt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you could really. It all depends on how you want to portray him on screen. Like he's he's just a pretty little canvas. You yeah. can like.
0: Yeah, really, he you is. You can make him
1: look like the big blue eyed like oh I just sort of innocent, <laughs> right. or you can make him look like
0: I'm um, like lurking in the shadows like almost, like, halfway to Gollum-looking motherfucker. Do you think... He'll have a thing with Emily Blunt's character.
1: I think that's going to be a huge crux of it is that she's obviously going to be grieving for the loss of her husband, trying to care for her children. In fact, I bet you this movie's probably going to pick up exactly where it left off. Probably. And so he will join the family unit and it's going to be this weird tension of maybe he's like into her, but she's not quite over her husband yet. Right. You know, all it's quoted about his character is that he has mysterious intentions, which I don't know if that Mm. means that he has what intentions he... for the family if his intentions are outside of the family and will jeopardize the family. What if he's a creature in disguise? <laughs> I, hold on, I'm trying to unpack this in my head real quick. <laughs> so are you talking about, like, yeah. he, like, went to a, a costume store and got, like, a foam headpiece <laughs> and, like, he's, yeah. like, walking on stilts. Like, his backstory is that he's actually an ex-actor for The Lion King. <laughs> yeah. And so he's really good at stilt work and he's, like, walking along. There you with... go. It's
0: like, yeah, yep. Yeah. Or or maybe the creature itself just like put on a human suit. Put on a human
1: suit.
0: he just zips down, like, ah!
1: <laughs> That's the end of the quiet
0: place, too. That's it. Uh, it got really weird. It got really weird. Re- it's like that episode of Key and Peel where uh Peel is pitching Gremlins 2. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, oh yes, we're gonna make the monster in a-, in a human suit. That worked. That works. Let's do it. Keep it in the movie. It's in the movie. <laughs> That's crazy. I love it. Okay, all right. Our next point in Flix
1: News, Mark Hamill reveals that he has been cast to voice Chucky in the Child's Play remake. This is some. This is this is that little shot of PR that this movie needed yep. to really give it a chance at all. I think because mm-hmm. I was I was not necessarily stoked for it. You know I was tentatively intrigued. But what do you what do you make of this, Ben?
0: I agree. I was like, I don't need a Child's Play movie. That's something we're big on at Too Many Plicks. Like we don't need a lot of these films. We it's too many of them. We can't There's watch them too- all. There's too many. <laughs> flicks too many it's stressful it's anxiety inducing it's too many flicks dude it's just too many that's how we came up with this one day we just woke up in separate beds (laughs) but in unison but in unison went yes there's too many too 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 many too many flicks (laughs) fuck it we're doing it live and (laughs) i found myself actually forgetting about this movie, that it even existed and it was in the ether until Mark Hamill himself was like, guys, don't worry about it. I'm in it and I'm voicing Chucky. And I was like, that makes sense. No. All the, 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 the dots just connected in my head. And I was like, yeah, of course you're in this movie. Like, of course you were voicing Chucky. You have one of the creepiest voices, but now I can only imagine Chucky sounding like the Joker from the animated series. That's probably going to be kind of what it's reminiscent yeah, it's, of. Yeah, it's a
1: childlike Joker. In Something a way. that I think shows just how good this is for this project is that the director of the original Child's Play, who was not on board X amount of weeks ago when we first covered it mm-hmm. in the Tasty Trailers segment, has given his thumbs up now. He says, he's like, that's actually a smart ass move. Like, that that's the move you needed to make if you wanted to make this movie. If you can make that dude do a 180 right. with a project that's probably so near and dear to his heart as it became such a cultural phenomenon, you're on the right track. He did something right. Uh, if only no, right. Sonic can do that. <laughs> We going to see. You know they going to fuck with us and right. Sonic is going to be Daniel Day-Lewis.
0: <laughs> it's going to be
1: <laughs> <laughs> What's more that motherfucker is going to be an actual hedgehog. Uh,
0: in motion capture. Daniel Day-Lewis. And he kills it. You became <laughs> a
1: track star for this film. We're going to eat our words. Best film, 2019.
0: Yo, can we make that a thing? We just, like, started a bullshit rumor from too many flicks that Daniel Day-Lewis is actually Sonic in this movie. What do you mean, Ben? That's not bullshit.
1: That's oh, actually yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah, his legs. Those are Daniel Day-Lewis' legs. Those are Daniel Day-Lewis' That's why a dead you, giveaway.
1: Why do you think they're so human-like and a right. little lanky? Yeah. Because it's Daniel that's, Day-fucking-Lewis. That's
0: him. That's him. This is actually the movie he's going to retire on. He was like, yep. yeah, you know, I said I was going to retire previously, but no, this is... This is it. They approached me with the Sonic script, and I, I,
1: I was blown away. I was like, "I am a hedgehog." I, <laughs> I <laughs> little did you know, producers, I am a hedgehog.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> phenomenal. Oh. oh,
1: I think that's all we can do. I think <laughs> that, on that, that, that note, that's, that's that. That's a wrap on
0: that. That note. I'll deliver our last piece of news. Um, Kamal Nanjiani has been tapped or is in talks. be in Any Person Living or Dead, which is a Simon Rich short story, Um, and the description is as follows, which is, it's actually a really fun description to you guys. It follows a brilliant reclusive scientist who, using his homemade time machine, gathers a round table of the greatest minds in history, Shakespeare, George Washington, Aristotle, etc., to solve all of humanity's problems. Unfortunately, his plan fails to take into account language barriers, ancient racism, (laughs) and the tendency of medieval men to commit murder instead of learning from these great men of history our hero has no choice but to hunt them down and blast them to the past before they can ruin our future fun nominal that's that's
1: absolutely (laughs)
0: incredible i love that i couldn't get through it because it was so funny (laughs) i was like (laughs) that makes sense there would be language barriers and a lot of racism yep that is, that is how you make a movie, ladies and gentlemen. A fresh movie,
1: a movie that has fresh. something to say, a movie that we need because a lot of these historical characters are often idolized or put on a pedestal. And in, just from this description alone, the creators of this film are going to lean into the fact that you can't overlook these aspects of these folks. They may have done great things, right. but a lot of them, you put them in today's world
0: they're not gonna look too great. They aren't. This is, and they cast, or at least are about to cast, a perfect person for this fucking role. I can just see him being like, oh God, here we are. Fucking <laughs> Kamal Najiani. First of all, he's on a fucking tear right now. He's on a hot streak. And the fucking man can act. Go. Yes, he you can. He, like, legitimately. The big sick is a phenomenal movie. The comedian, of the episode of The Twilight Zone, mm-hmm. phenomenal. And I can only imagine how his wit and his, his, comedy and timing will play off of these (laughs) fucking ancient characters from our history i can't wait to see who they cast to play these guys that's the
1: thing that's what i think is going to make or break this film is you have to nail the supporting cast i don't even care if they look exactly like their historical oh no that's not uh, depictions i just want a solid fucking supporting cast for uh kumail to bounce back and forth on i feel like bill Hader would be great in this Mm. Okay, who would
0: you have Bill Hader as? George Washington
1: or Aristotle. Yeah, I was leaning towards Aristotle because I feel like yeah. his hairline would do really well with one of those beats. <laughs> that's weeds, true. But that's actually, that's Rome, that's not Greece, so that's like my fault. Uh, George Washington would be good too, though, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm
1: excited to see those wooden dentures because, you know, if, they, if they're if they going to delve into the grosser aspects of these folks, we're going to see some nasty-ass dental shit oh, George yeah, George Washington. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> who would you cast as Shakespeare? Shakespeare? Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, no one really knows what Shakespeare looked like. So I would go with, like, Kathy Bates. Because <laughs> why fucking not? Why not? No, that's a bold-ass move. Yeah, it's a bold like move. That, that, that takes, fucking... that takes some, some moxie, some gumption. Yeah, just Kathy Bates is Shakespeare. Because we don't know. We really don't know. And I think she's awesome. I love Kathy Bates. Can we talk about how amazing Kathy Bates is? She is great. She's just a she's, treasure. She's going to be a
1: highlight of one of the films that I got slotted slated for Netflix now. Oh, I know. Um, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. I know about. what you're talking about. You know about. what I'm talking about. She's
0: just fucking fantastic.
1: I might want tom hiddleston or Ooh, that's good but that, yeah or i really hope that in this film they make a joke about shakespeare not actually writing half the shit that he wrote <laughs> like they bring him in to like solve poetry or you know expound upon a crisis of human thought or something and he's just kind of like I-, I don't know I- i'm
0: just a drunk dude from fucking <laughs> The UK, I don't know, man. Yeah, I just found this notebook one day in a fucking pub and I was like, (laughs) this looks like it could be good. I've been struggling to come up with the original works. (laughs) Here it is. I hope they, like, Alexander the Great is in this and it's Colin Farrell because he was Alexander the Great in that shitty movie. (laughs) I just hope he reprises his role. (laughs) Mm. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Fantastic. Yeah, we can't wait. I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Previously. When do you think this movie will come out? And do you think it will be a summer, fall, or spring release? Mm, mm. I think we're gonna see this
1: in 2021. That's gonna be that's gonna be my my ballpark. Mm-hmm. Uh I think it's gonna be like that little margin where spring and summer sort of blend together. Because mm-hmm. again, I think it's gonna come down to who you cast as the supporting roles. If this is like the dead don't die and you jam pack stars into this, I could see this being a summer blockbuster for sure. But if you cast some new talent which is totally valid and important in its own right the studio may not have as much faith in it they may put it a little bit earlier in sort of the softer seasons or you know if this story truly has like a gripping emotional core, they might go for that fall winter release, but I I think it's gonna land in that sort of awkward spring summer gap.
0: What about you? I think I'm gonna go the opposite. I think the, I think they will try to make this an Oscar contender. And I know that sounds weird. I know because you you say this description and you're like, oh, definitely hijinks will ensue. Correct, but I think, and I don't know why, I, I believe that they're gonna try for a fall release. I think perhaps if they aren't certain, you will see an more of a early fall, late summer release. But if they okay. are, I think you might get a November release. Because I, I feel like this might be a holiday movie too. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't think it will be take place in like a particular holiday. I think that the sure. feel will be like, oh yeah, I could I could watch this on like a Thanksgiving. I could take my family to this or something. Right, right. And uh, could be wrong, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. And that's all we have for Flix News. What? what? Now we're gonna be on to First Issue. Our first topic
1: in First Issue is the final spot for the highly anticipated Avengers Endgame dropped Tuesday just as advanced tickets went on sale. And pretty pretty much this thing broke the internet just because I know that AMC was having too much traffic. A lot of theaters. I've heard people have to go physically there to Mm -hmm. get their pre-sale tickets.
0: Avengers Mania is in full swing. Full swing. It's going to, I believe, break the record for uh, most sales opening weekend of all time. That's wild. It's not surprising. It's just wild. Yeah. Uh, Avatar, I think, is still up there as number one. Okay. I think it's gonna hit Avatar with a wrecking ball. Yeah. With a wrecking ball. And probably be a much better movie, to be
1: honest. Yes.
0: <laughs> Although I like I like elements of Avatar. I do. I know some people were like, it's a three-hour piece of trash. <laughs> and I'm like, fine. It's fine. pretty. It's I will very say pretty. that. It's, it's pretty, been, but it did, it did very little for me. It's highly unoriginal. But this Avengers in-game will crush. It already is crushing. I mean, mm-hmm. and you see it keeps going up and up and up and up. And then you you don't have necessarily have dips. You have like, oh, okay, still very solid box office numbers like from Captain Marvel and Ant-Man vs. The Wasp. And then you have mammoths, just like fucking monsters like the like Black Panther and Infinity War, which was higher. And now you have Endgame, which everyone is so involved in emotionally. A great deal of the population, at least in America, we're so attached to a lot of these characters and Infinity War saw a lot of those characters leave and if you're a comic book reader you would already know and we're just excited and eager to see how they make it work
1: how it all plays out yeah, yeah. get all get all your worth for all that emotional investment it's gonna be three hours too it's gonna be three hours there are some of those wild ass theaters that are doing the 58 59 hour MCU <sighs> marathon should we, up to it, the release.
0: should we do it the
1: should we do it I don't got the time to do it I don't have enough the, I'm not the out money it's yeah, a lot of money Say, that's that's me taking two and a half days off of work and until <laughs> y'all
0: listeners start paying me like my work does. Right, I I can't. It's gonna be hard to fill out the reasons why you need those days off. <laughs> right, right. <laughs>
1: You're requesting two days off pretty soon. Uh, what what's the reason? Do you have doctor's right. visits or?
0: Yeah, let's go with that. Let's what go with God? doctor's visits. Uh, uh, Thanos, dog. That's all he is, <laughs> Doctor Thanos uh, <laughs> of uh, Marvel Hospitals. But- Uh, marvel hospitals i don't think i don't think it's a a new place it's just opened up it's cutting edge yeah no i don't know if that's real it it, you know it is it it is uh feige phd Uh, okay all right uh yep you're fired (laughs) that's how that went that's uh, that that yep and now i have time for 58 59 hour movie marathon yep broke as hell (laughs) watching all the movies happy as a clam Poor. Until I'm homeless (laughs) and (laughs) my cat is taken away from me. I did it for the craft. I did (laughs) it for the craft. (laughs) Oh Yeah, at the end of the day, I don't think there's so much else that can be said about in-game that we haven't said already. It's huge. It is the (laughs) in-game.
1: Everyone's got to take away on it, and we're all just going to have to wait and see until it comes out.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or lose our jobs and watch every movie. Yep. Okay. Uh, Movie. (laughs) Movie. What we got next? Oh yeah. Thanks, E. Uh, According to the Hollywood Reporter, Akira is making headway in California. The Trade is reporting the live-action adaptation is being headed up by Taika Waititi, the director behind the films like Thor Ragnarok. He will be joined by producer Leonardo DiCaprio. Wow. Um, Yeah, that's that's quite a powerhouse duo right there. Let me give you guys a description in case you aren't familiar with what Akira is. A secret military project endangers Neo-Tokyo when it turns a biker gang member into a rampaging psychic psychopath that only two teenagers and a group of psychics can stop. Now, Akira has been around for a very long time. It's one of, it helmed as one of the best animes of all time, best mm-hmm. adaptations of a manga of all time. The manga has won
1: countless awards right. and been like earmarked as something that's popularized manga and cultures all over the world. I read somewhere that France thinks it's one of the most important mangas and like it blew
0: up a lot of the manga consumption culture there. Right. It, this is an important piece of work. Right. It transcends. Genres was one of the few things that really does it and does it well and They've been having a lot of issues with trying to find the right person to do it now This may be rumor mill And I believe it might be, but I would like to think that there might be some genuine intel on this. But Jordan Peele was rumored to perhaps have something to do with this, and then he got busy with other things and was like, you know what, I don't want to do it. But if Taika Waititi does solidify this, as well as Leonardo DiCaprio, you have a powerhouse team. Mm -hmm. You have a director who knows what the fuck he's doing. You have someone who would not put their name on anything unless they thought it was worth their time. In DiCaprio, you, as in us, might see something that we've never seen before.
1: I think this is really, really cool. What's, uh, what's even more of an indicator that this project is already on solid ground is that the creator of the original Akira mangas, Katsuhiro Atomo, has already given his approval. Part of the contract writer attached to all of his work is that he has to sign off on the script, and he's already done that. He said, it crossed my table, I saw it, I'm done with Akira, and if someone else wants to do it and do it well, my blessings to them. So this could shape up to be something really phenomenal. It's set in a sort of cyberpunk universe, and it's also credited as having done a lot to bring that sort of a aesthetic in genre into popularity. This could be really, really cool. It, it deals a lot with political intrigue, a little bit of like classism examinations. I'm excited to see what comes of this product, especially
0: when you tell me everything that's happening around it, all the people attached. Yeah, it seems like they will handle this with care, and they have the right director who I don't believe will whitewash it. And be- no, I don't see, I yeah. don't see Taika letting that happen. I don't think he will let it happen. It'll be its authentic and true self. And I'm excited for finally what potentially could be one of the first and best live adaptations of an anime and our manga that will work been sorely needed it's been needed just like video game movies <laughs> jesus they'll yeah. get it right one day i they'll, have to tell myself to, that they have to uh, this one might do the trick and i guess one could say that detective pikachu might be on that verge as well right it's it borders on that yeah i think it more so draws mm-hmm. from
1: video games like it's right. not an
0: actual retelling of a story from a popular video game right we will see and i'm excited and i think we should all be excited and And I think we should be open-minded when it comes to this piece as well. Even if you don't like anime, this is important and it transcends genres. Mm -hmm. And what's our next bit of news, Ian?
1: Our next bit of news revolves around the rocky production history of the film The New Mutants. Recently, trying to be rather tongue-in-cheek about it all, I don't think there was any ill will. uh, One of the stars... Game of Thrones' Macy Williams was quoted as saying, who knows when the fuck that's gonna come out. This is Macy Williams from Game of Thrones. When asked about the production history, they've had delays and then supposed delays were because of reshoots. And then those reshoots were rumored to never have happened. It was supposed to take on a more horror sort of element because audience feedback garnered that sort of response. But right now this movie's up in the air. It's a real shame, it looked like Sort of a departure from what one could expect for the Fox Studios X-Men type movies. Mm -hmm. Supposedly, it's still slated for August 2nd of this year, and the directors are still in full control of the property, which from my understanding is a little uncommon or unconventional when a production has been delayed or had so many setbacks So hopefully the lead is still confident that they're going to deliver the
0: movie that uh, they deliver the movie that everyone set out to make. So this is a bit of interesting news. New Mutants been around for a while uh, since the eighties, nineteen eighty two, and was created by Chris Claremont and Bob McLeod. Yeah, they first appeared in Marvel graphic novel, and they've been around for a long time. And it's really sad that uh, these creators can't see that they're works of art being created in their fullest potential on screen. And that's what happens a lot of the times when out of touch producers fuck around with scripts and try to see what's trending and what's not. And then you have a clusterfuck of bullshit. You just have to let the artists do what the artists do. Trust in the director, unless they're complete and total shitheads. Stop being like, well, we need this and that. We need it to be a horror film. We need it to be rated R because it makes money. And it leaves the creators and, and the directors and the actors out of the loop. I, I'm sure Macy Williams is she's making a ton of money so she she cares but she probably doesn't but it still has to be frustrating to work on a set that seems dysfunctional, and you have no idea when you can tell people, your friends, your loved ones, and your fans, when the fuck this might come out. Now, it apparently does have a release date, but still, that's besides the point. It's terribly frustrating. The series has been around for a long time. From what I've heard from good friends and good sources that the series is really, really good, it's really, really cool, it just sucks. This just really sucks. And now with the Disney and Fox merger, it's just kind of getting lost in the shuffle. I think it should have gone to Netflix or Hulu. Personally, because I just I think it's gonna be a train wreck, and I don't think anyone's gonna see it because it's just so much. Unless that first trailer really hooks us. I mean, actually, you know, what? I think it already had a trailer previously, and then like, I'm pretty they, sure it did. Yeah, yeah. it did. So, the, like, I what do you do now? Like, do you show another trailer? Like, it's I don't know. It, it's one of these things that's given me a. a several brain aneurysms and I, I, I can't, I can't think about it too much or my brain and entire body will implode upon itself. Just crinkle up and just d- disappear. Like it's, frustrating and do you share my my sentiments or my frustration on this as an actor someone who's who works in the industry when you put it like that yes that is incredibly
1: frustrating i think with this movie already having as much trouble as it's had it's not worth sweating over it's one of those things that if it happens it's gonna happen if it doesn't it doesn't we've got so many x-men properties out would it be cool to see a scary horror based x-men film absolutely at this point though i don't know what to make of it the directors and the artists are still in charge of the property from what I understand. They still have full control over it. So this this isn't an error from some high up executive somewhere who's out of touch. The people who have their hands on the project are the ones still working on it.
0: But the execs did have a say in whether it should be a horror film and or not. And that's I think true. That's why we're running into a railroad though.
1: From what I understand, they scheduled the reshoots because audience reactions seemed interested in more of a frightening genre superhero film. And that's where the premise for reshoots came from. And according to Macy Williams, those reshoots haven't happened. It's still slated for an August second release. And we'll have to see what they do with the property as we gear
0: up towards that date. Yep, and that's it. That's all we have to say. Period, point, exclamation point, semicolon, no semicolon. It's a period. It's a period goes right there. That's Do you, that do you know your That's the thought. Do you stab it. That's it. The end. And we're going to go on to our next
1: segment. Netflix Now.
0: Now. Now. No.
1: All right, first up in Netflix now, uh, I'm gonna be taking a look at a movie whose trailer we dissected a few episodes ago. This is a Netflix original film that dropped recently called The Highwayman. It stars Kevin Costner and Woody Harrelson with a few other supporting actors peppered throughout it. And I got to be frank, folks, I was a little disappointed in this. The trailer is essentially what the movie should have been. Mm -hmm. And it just sort of falls flat for a myriad of reasons, two of which that stand out to me the most. I've talked about this in this episode already and said that I would bring it up. This film tries to evoke the feeling in the era that is 1934 and it kind of falls short it feels really stilted it looks maybe a little too polished might be the best way to put it on top of which i think i talked about this as well the score falls short in fact one of my notes that's about halfway down the list was as i was watching the film i said the score or lack thereof is the real crime in this movie which is surprising because at the end of the credits when i saw who composed the original music it's thomas Newman. And he's fantastic. He created a really gripping emotional soundtrack for the Shawshank Redemption and many, many other films. He's met with high acclaim across the board. But in this particular film, it felt a little hollow, a little empty. There were parts of it that I liked, but it didn't seem to fill out the scenes in the way that I wanted. One particular instance that really, really stuck out to me was this impromptu chase scene where Kevin Costner's character is trying to chase down a young boy who's got a message in a bottle. I should go back just a little bit and tell y'all what The Highwaymen is about. It's about Bonnie and Clyde and how the state is at a loss for how to capture these two criminals. And so they reinstate the Texas Ranger program and bring back two of their most notorious Texas Rangers, Frank Hamer and Manny Galt. Kevin Costner plays Frank Hamer and Woody Harrelson plays Manny Galt. While Kevin Costner is giving chase to this young boy who's a courier for messages, secret messages between Bonnie and Clyde and their families, there's this score that underlines it and it's just this sort of banjo that kind of has some urgency but it really feels bare. The sound design isn't there. The the chase just felt flat and boring and not <laughs> the, like the stakes were there. The stakes right. are built into the story but none of the production around what was happening enforced those stakes. Ben you saw this movie. Yeah. What, what what was your takeaway? How did you Man, feel
0: about it? I couldn't wait for it to be fucking over with. It was dull and boring and that's sad because you have Cameron Coster and Woody Harrelson like why why would that be boring the trailer again I agree we are ingredients a lot this episode for the mere fact of this seemed like a v- uh, vehicle for Kevin Cosner and I didn't think we had enough Woody Harrelson and also the trailer alone looked a lot more exciting and appealing than what we got. Everything is there. Everything is there. But the score and just some of the editing and like it drags. Two hours seemed like two hours and 30 minutes. Yeah. Seems like three hours. I was like, when is this over with? So I, I completely agree. This is one of the things that I did see on Netflix now. And yeah, I. I, I didn't care for it at all. It, it falls short
1: in a lot of respects. The film itself sort of centers around trying to de-romanticize Bonnie and Clyde mm-hmm. as the Robin Hood figures that they were, but I don't think that it does enough to do that. Uh, they mention the migrant camps and the people disenfranchised during the Great Depression and how the banks are sort of seen by the lay folk as villains, but the movie doesn't do enough to show how cutthroat, how hurtful the banks are, were to the average american back then and we don't see enough of why these migrant folks are displaced or what they go through they seem like an afterthought in it all when really if you want to make a movie where we want to root for the people trying to kill these robin hood figures if you want us to root for someone like that we need them and we as the audience need to understand why bonnie and clyde might be such heroes in the first place does that make sense at all
0: yeah, also I, w- I would have liked a, a decent parallel between the two highwaymen and Bonnie and Clyde, how they're actually both insane. <laughs> like, yeah, They yeah. are. They had to find someone equally as insane as Bonnie and Clyde to catch Bonnie and Clyde.
1: Right. There are a lot of thematics of sort of old Westerns. In particular, uh, Frank Hamer takes umbrage at the thought that Bonnie and Clyde shoot men while they're on the ground. There's this sort of old code of honor feeling throughout the whole thing. But at the end of the day, there's just not enough gravity to everything. There are some very fine performances. Woody Harrelson has a standout monologue towards the latter half of the film about his heyday as a Texas Ranger and when they slaughtered a whole camp of outlaws and how that didn't sit well with him. But in the end, it just doesn't, it doesn't do enough. The movie falls short and it's, it's real disappointing because I think there was a lot of potential here. I believe it hovers around 55% on Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. 51%. And that that seems pretty accurate to me. I don't always agree with the critics, but on this one, it's not bad enough to be shit but they had so much more polish to put on this to be the fun that it needed to be. Like I think it needed a little injection of fun, and that's what it was missing. Uh, Next up, I also have another film that we covered in Tasty Trailers some weeks back. This is The Dirt. Mm. Now, The Dirt is a story based on, I guess you could call it an autobiography, a memoir, I'm not sure, but it's based around the rise and fall of the band Motley Crue. And for my money's worth, I enjoyed this more than The Highwaymen. Maybe it was just the stronger pacing that was in the film. I think they did a better job of evoking the times. The 1970s, 80s isn't as much a period piece as maybe the 1930s might be considered to be, but I felt like I was genuinely in that era a little bit more. Mm. Something that I will say that blew me away about this Machine Gun Kelly can fucking act (laughs) Yeah I I saw that he was in this and I was immediately like, "Mm, I don't know about that I don't know (laughs) if that's a smart move but when his character is introduced on screen, I didn't know what he looked like because I sort of know what his rap persona looks like, but he looks very different in this. The moment he came on screen, I was like, that dude's delightful. Who the fuck is that? Yeah. And so I Googled it, and I was I was like, well, damn, if I don't have to eat my words, Machine Gun Kelly does really well. He plays Tommy the drummer, and he's fantastic. Would you call him Pistol Kelly in
0: this? <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. I, 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 I,
1: that's, not, that's not bad, right, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, (laughs) Douglas Booth is another performer in this movie that stands out. He plays their lead guitarist. This film was more enjoyable. There's just no way, no two ways about it. This film scored a little bit lower with critics, which I will take umbrage with. There are some fantastic performances. Machine Gun Kelly, I already talked about. He surprised the hell out of me. Then you have Iwin Rohn, who plays Mick Mars, their lead guitarist. And he probably ended up being my favorite character just because he stays out of their bullshit drama. He's got his own personal shit happening in his life, and he became quickly the most likable character because they all sort of become shit heels in their own way. I will say that if Daniel Weber is the one actually singing in this film, if that's him, his voice is incredible. Because their performances as the band, even if they were mock performances, were energizing, they were great. There's a lot of fourth wall breaking that's super enjoyable. There's a lot of gratuitous nudity, I'll tell you that. Oh boy. I mean, surprise surprise, they're rock stars. But something that we touched on in the Tasty Trailers breakdown was that we hoped we saw some consequences for a lot of their senseless and idiotic actions. do we? There's a major shift in tone around the one hour mark okay it quickly becomes less fun and it becomes pretty dark including a fantastic car crash scene actually one of them drives drunk and ends up killing a friend in one of the better car crash scenes that Mm. i've seen where they do a really good depiction of shock and shock wearing off that's definitely a highlight in this film in particular i will say if you don't like needles this is not the movie for you we reach requiem for a dream level uses of heroin i'm talking gross like bloody veins like it, it gets it gets pretty wicked parts the movie ends on sort of a blah note, in my opinion. They're going out to perform once again. They've reunited. At one point, the band sort of splits up a little bit. Uh, the lead singer like goes and does his own thing because he's dealing with his own trauma from the car wreck, and they're all just sort of shitty people. The, the bassist is on a lot of heroin, and he's a shitty person, and so they're all sort of going their own ways. They finally get the band back together, and that's kind of how it ends, is them going to play their final performance, and there's Home Sweet Home in the background.
0: Of course it is of course. Mm-hmm.
1: It felt like a really blah note for me. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want to see them on stage rocking out like they were at the start of this fucking film. End it like that. End it on a bang. It ends soft. I think that's where sort of the critiques are coming from. All in all, I would probably give this movie a 5, a 6 out of 10. A lot of critics didn't agree. A lot of critics gave it more like, like I think it's at 44% oh, on sucks. Rotten Tomatoes. I think it deserves a little bit more than that. Not a lot of bit more. I'm not expecting any Academy Awards to be thrown in these people's directions, but there are some really earnest performances. And it is pretty fun so, overall.
0: You, so Ian, yeah. you know my love for 80s music. Yes. Would you recommend this movie to me? Do you think I would enjoy it?
1: I think you would enjoy it if you enjoy like the glam and rock metal. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's enough Focus on the music oh, okay. to merely sell it on the music. Uh, I think you need if you're going to sell it to someone, you need to sell it on. Hey, they really capture the '80s. They really capture the idiotic rock star uh, life of the '80s. This is more so about the people than the music, and that's your bread and
0: butter. That's, that's your bread and serving. butter. Okay.
1: There are some cool concert sequences, though. They're they're not a, a Star Is Born level of concert sequences, mm-hmm. but they are very very fun and they're very cinematic, and it goes really well and it It keeps the pace and the energy up. That's a sub. It could have been improved. I would prefer it to Highwaymen. I'd recommend it over that. Right on. It's disappointing that, you know... (laughs) two of these films ended up just being okay. Yeah. You you think, Ian, why would you do a Netflix Now segment about some mediocre shit? That's not helpful. <laughs> Don't worry. I got you covered. I well. needed to recoup. I watched approximately three hours of bad movies just to get to this. It didn't drop this week, but it dropped in the past month. Okay. I'm talking love, death, and robots. Bop, 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 robots. This is an animated anthology on Netflix that I could not recommend highly enough. David Fincher is one of the executive producers what? this is when I tell you that this animation is on point there's something like 18 different directors the projects span the entire spectrum from from deadly serious to badass to irreverent and goofy for instance there's a five minute episode that's called when the yogurt took over or something like that and it's literally about a hyper smart yogurt culture that took over the earth what when I tell you that these films are that this series in particular this anthology is great and it covers a broad spectrum. I can't do it justice just by talking about it. There's, there's another installment I'm trying to remember the name I think it's Beyond the Aquila Rift uh that does cosmic horror so well really so well I love it's only it's only like a 13 14 minute thing mm. but it does it so well and one of the things that I think it does so great and how it does the cosmic horror so great is that the trick with cosmic horror is how do you show right something beyond comprehension and still keep it horrifying still keep it scary and they find a way to do it oh what? The last like 30 seconds, 45 seconds of this short, mm-hmm. I was bouncing up and down. I was like, that was horrific, and that was amazing, and I wow. want more. I want more. Oh. I wanna end this Netflix now on a high note. Go check out Love, Death, and Robots. Just some fantastic animation, some insanely creative, inventive stories, and you can binge it all within the span of like an hour and a half, or you can watch installments here and there and just get like a little animated pick-me-up. That's Netflix now. I would recommend that one, the highest out of these three. Go check it out. Give us your thoughts. Let me know. I wanna know what y'all think. What do y'all think?
0: Get out. What you doing? you you you're on your sofa already. Go watch some Netflix. Yeah. Watch, watch it. Do it. It's right there. It's on the it's TV. It's right there. Most of y'all don't even pay for it. That's <laughs> You know you're using
1: your ex's right. or your parents' account. You Let's know. not even play.
0: Let's not play, okay? But we will play
1: a game. Oh. Oh. Hot damn. All right. We know it's game time. Game we time. We needed something to do this time around. We weren't entirely sure that we could cook something up. Mm-hmm. So what we're about to do is we're about to play that heads up game but movie themed movie themed it's Movie themed heads up i'm cheap i didn't buy the dollar one because i'm poe yeah we so this is that. this is the free version but there's still plenty of topics so ben yeah i'm gonna have you choose the topic and then i'll put it on my head okay oh uh,
0: shit son okay so
1: we got movies. Okay. We got best pictures. Uh oh. We got blockbuster flicks. Okay. Or or we got movie slash TV characters. Oh
0: I'm gonna you know what I'm gonna ask you what would you prefer. Give me three of them that you prefer. Those I gave you four. right, For you to choose from. Okay. Give me. So there's just general movies. Best pictures. Let's just do general movies. How about that? Okay. I feel like that would be better. Alright cool. So let's keep it. Let's keep it. You can't
1: tell the title. You can't tell I have to guess the title. I'm gonna put the thing on my
0: head okay and you have to give me the clues to do it yeah? all right yeah 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 let's do this all right all right all right uh um i mentioned one of the um actresses um uh, who couldn't get the oscar she was in this movie she uh, she couldn't sit with her um castmates gone with the wind y- yes next uh uma thurman kill bill yes oh uh um, Ryan Reynolds, romantic comedy. Um, Sandra Bullock. Oh fuck! Uh, fuck! Fuck! I'm skipping it. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> Is this even harder? Well, I'm gonna try it. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, God damn it! Uh, yes, pass it, I, cause I could not give you. Yeah. Antonio Banderas. He Zorro. Yes. Shit. Uh, uh, we're off to see the Wizard, the, the Wonderful Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz. Fair enough. Yes. This last game, time's that up. Was really All right. that was really good. All right,
1: let's see. Oh, Con Air, yeah. Fuck yeah, that, I no. didn't. Yeah, I
0: couldn't think of. I, God damn it. The proposal, right? That that the w- proposal. Yep, d- wouldn't have got me. Do you want to? Do you
1: want to try this? Yeah, this I want to try. Well?
0: What actor am I thinking of? Why can't I think of his name? He's in Con Air. He's also in Kick Ass. He's also in National Treasure. Why? Well, oh, Nicolas Cage. I couldn't think of Nicolas Cage to <laughs> save my life, and I know that's terrible, but no, that, that's because he's that's in what, Con Air.
1: That's what the pressure does to you right i was like ah what is that motherfucking name you try movies as well and then we're gonna move on to a new topic perfect perfect all right you can just put it up okay four three two one moment of truth okay um fuck i want to say this is the one that had a bunch of music videos it's about a bunch of girls that are in like a mental health uh asylum and she creates this fantasy for herself
0: oh she's fighting big monsters oh oh uh uh Oh uh the no 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 that's not it. It's not with uh Anne Hathaway, is it? No, no. Oh it's, p- I should pass. I'm skip pass. it, skip okay, it, skip was it, yeah. It up? Yeah, there you go.
1: Uh okay. Superhero Family. Fantastic Four. Uh, superhero Family In- from- The Incredibles. There we go, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh okay. Uh this is a national lampoon movie. This skip it. Skip it. <laughs> skip okay. it. Okay. Uh oh shit you see this on every girl's wall it's a joke that it's on every white girl's wall for decor it's three words uh
0: uh why can't i think uh fuck is it uh when lizzie lohan oh it's time's up it was eat pray love (laughs) I didn't know the, the uh, oh.
1: premise of it, so I just was just like, they make fun of, they make fun of... What was the first one? Uh, Sucker Punch.
0: Damn! Okay, yeah. Yeah, with uh,
1: Amanda Seafried.
0: I was trying to yeah. remember her name. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, uh, we're going to do blockbuster flicks. Okay, this, right. this might be in my wheelhouse. All right. All right. Um, she's Possessed, one of the first movies about possession. Oh,
1: shit, The Possession of Emily Rose? No,
0: one of the first movies. The Exorcist. Yes okay uh rocky yeah <laughs> uh this one has um god damn it what's his name uh raymond uh in it uh the is guy. it the big sick no he it's an animated film it's with raymond and queen latifah um nope it, okay. sorry <laughs> Uh, Andrew Garfield. He played this hero. The Amazing Spider-Man. Yes. God damn it. Passed. Passed. Oh, shit. Uh, okay. This was a, um, David Lynch film, uh, with Ooh. the the head. Eraser head. Just get rid of head. It's a racer. Eraser? Shit. Shit. No, I know this one, but it's too late. It's too late? I had to think. I'm not really thinking of my feet today. Let's see. Let's see
1: how I did. Oh, Ice Age, Dawn of the Dinosaurs? Yeah. Yeah, I was not going to get that. You're right. Oh, uh.
0: The actors name me plays everybody. See I cannot think <laughs> At all, like what is this? This is like one of the days where I'm just not good at trivia. You know, everyone well, has them. Yeah. yeah, we have them. We have yeah.
1: them. All right. Did you want to do blockbuster films or did you want to do? I think blockbuster. Categories? All right. All right. Yeah. You okay. Can. Five, four, three, two, one. M Night Shyamalan movie based off of the animated TV show. Terrible. Uh, Avatar. Yeah, Yeah, I said yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the original movie that uh Annabelle is from. We talked the about The Conjuring. It. Yep. Okay. So this was a reboot of a classic Steven Spielberg. film film with chris pratt jurassic park jurassic world yes there we go okay uh okay this was another reboot it's post-apocalyptic there's uh a lot of cars a lot of cars a lot of cars it's not uh, cars no not it's not cars <laughs> it's, it's more gritty than cars uh, uh, charlie steron
0: is in it uh, oh oh uh um like all the oscars Mad
1: Max, yes Zero. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah yeah okay um skip 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 Okay. Uh Jim Carrey. He plays a lawyer. He uh, can't liar liar Yep. Uh, she's a nun uh oh, it's up. There was one second left. It was uh, Sister Act.
0: Oh man, I have got that too.
1: Robots was the one that I was like, skip. I don't know. Oh, like I know robots, we, but I don't know how to describe it. was Williams
0: animated. I would have I would just gone now and the what? You know what? I probably wouldn't have. Yeah, got, because that. it would have been, been, long been long like, way, yeah. it would have been like Aladdin,
1: it would have been yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um fern
0: gully, I would have been yeah.
1: like here all day. Happy feet. Right, yep. Alright, let's do let's do one more
0: one more each yeah yeah
1: just for nice nice round round what it, it up look at this broadway musicals has a sad face oh man <laughs> should we do
0: broadway musicals no
1: <laughs> cuz i will lose okay fair enough uh, there's comedy movies
0: there's oscar night should we do oscar night action movies Oof. Oscar night may be tough, but we could try <laughs> Do Sandra it.
1: Sandra Bullock movies. Sandra um,
0: Bullock. How well are you with Star Sandra Bullock? With,
1: nope. I'd get three of them. Okay. Two max. Two right. or three max. Right. Uh, Twenty fourteen movies is its own category. Wow. I'm gonna go ahead and give us a uh, movie slash TV characters. Okay. Because sure, TV characters are thrown in there, but fuck it, it's close enough. That's right? fine. Okay, we got a
0: cat. Uh, okay. Uh, David Lynch film. Um. Uh, fight the char- lead character from the fighting film. <laughs> Yeah, I'm skipping that. Okay, I'm gonna skip that one. <laughs> uh, the mask of the mask of it's a, it's a Spanish it's a Mexican hero Zorro. Yeah. Okay. Uh, big monkey. Uh, oh fuck. Can fight. Yes. <laughs> uh, blue is the antithesis da, 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 da. of uh, blue is the antithesis of happy. No, the color um, orange. No, it's is bright. The... It's notification. What color? Uh, it's. It's the it's Morgan Freeman's call. Uh, Red. Uh, yeah, that's probably I should have led with that. Uh, <laughs> skip. Oh, uh, Johnny Depp. He has Captain Jack Sparrow. No, he, Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, it's too late. But sorry, I was really bad at that one.
1: No, that that, um, that I think that counts.
0: I couldn't think of. um... God damn it! It was Tyler Durden. Oh yeah, I don't know. I'm not giving you enough clues. It was David Fincher too. You gave me David Lynch, yeah. and I was like, oh, oh really I good. gave you David yeah, I Lynch. You David oh Lynch. no, uh, yeah, that would be like, what <laughs> the fuck? Like, he's
1: the fight, the fight one. I was like, the the when is David, David Lynch, Lynch <laughs> done a
0: fight movie? <laughs> I got my Davids mixed up. Oh no!
1: Okay. Sorry, man. No, no, no. That was, I that, know was good. that too. We might do one more after this, just because of that, just because the fight TV club, characters. Fight, fight club. club yeah,
0: what? Jesus.
1: All right, so you're gonna do the same one here, and then I think we can do one more after this. Okay, here we go. Uh, lead of Die Hard, not the actual actor, but the character. Lead of Die, he's the main guy in Die Hard. Uh, McClane. Yes. Okay. Uh, animated Spy Show. He's a real idiot. Lupin. No, Lupin? it's animated. Uh, he's constantly drinking. He's got mother issues.
0: It's constantly drinking. He's got mother issues. Brian. Uh, no. Quagmire. No. Am I in the Willhouse. He's a spy. Oh. 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 Archer. Yeah. 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 Okay. There we go. Um.
1: Oh. Pass. <laughs> The main bad guy in Die Hard, played by Alan Rickman.
0: I know who was played by. I don't fucking know All right, know skip name. it, skip it, skip yeah. it.
1: Uh, okay, Batman is really... Bruce Wayne. Yes. Uh, guy from Beauty and the Beast. He likes Belle, but he's also a fucking idiot. Nobody blanks like LeFou?
0: him. Oh, no, Gaston?
1: Yeah. Uh, It's Skip. Uh, lead of Beauty and the Beast. Oh, it's up, but it was Belle.
0: Oh, John McClain. Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber. I knew I was going to say something when I was like, <laughs> I could
1: have given you more. I could have been like, uber German. I could have said some shit right. that like clarified, but... I didn't think to. All right. I think let's do uh let's do best pictures and then that'll that'll wrap it.
0: Cool. Let's do it. Uh Joaquin Phoenix was in this with Scarlett Johansson. Um, not the master. The master? No. Scarlett Johansson was just the voice. Her. Yes. Oh shit. Uh, this was a trilogy. It's medieval. Um it's Lord the, of the second ranks. one. The Two Towers. Yes. Uh, pass. Okay. Oh, uh, you love this one. It's with, um, God damn it. Michael Keaton. Love. Michael Keaton. Is it Michael Keaton? Birdman. Yes. Hell yeah. Okay, this one, Barry Jenkins film. It's about, uh, African-American homosexuals. Moonlight. Yes. Uh, this one has Liam Neeson in it. It's, uh, Grayscale. Um. Ooh, uh, Schindler's List. Yes, pass. Okay. Oh, uh, you also love this one. It's about some, uh, <laughs> uh, it has Claire, uh, Dane? No, 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 it has, uh, Oh, Shakespeare in love. Oh, no, and I, not, I
1: said that earlier when you're like, you love this one. I was
0: like, Shakespeare in love. Yeah, yeah, oh, you did. Oh shit, I just said clear, it at the wrong time. It's not clear, dang. It's um. Oh yeah, in the bedroom. No. Gwyneth like Paltrow's. In yes. There. Yeah. yeah. I I don't know what yeah, in, in the, the, the b- bathroom. Yeah, you wouldn't We're have gotten that. Yeah.
1: This is Colin. Uh, Colin Firth. That was one of his first Oscars, wasn't it? A Serious, A serious man? man.
0: I believe so. And I just couldn't think of. Hey, his happens yeah. to the best. Yeah. All
1: right, you want to go? Hit that play button. Smash that motherfucking play. Alright, five. Four, three, two, one. Oh, skip.
0: Auspicious start. uh Okay. uh Tom Hanks on a boat. They're the pirates. The right. Oh. Uh. Uh. Tom. Captain Phillips. Yes.
1: Uh. It was pass. Fuck.
0: Um. Okay. Uh. I actually don't know if that's the same movie.
1: Fuck. Skip. <laughs> Fuck Skip! Fuck! Oh man. Okay. Uh, music composer. Uh, he's really irreverent. It's set way back when. He's really famous, and there's the jealous guy that pl- plans to destroy him. Oh, um, uh, 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 Amadeus. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, Indian kid on a TV show trying Some to. Millionaire. Yes. Uh ooh fuck I know this one I don't know if you know this Try one it. Uh okay uh there's a really really famous actor he's going downhill his brain isn't all there and he has someone that helps him with his costume and he's really protective and he might be gay It's times
0: up Oh what was that
1: The dresser Oh no yeah that one you're right That so that's a movie that I got to see yeah. cuz uh, one of my English teachers actually put it on, and it's really, really good. I would highly recommend it. Oh, I would have gotten Taxi Driver. I didn't know, so I didn't know if this was the one with Robert De Niro or not. Oh, okay. Like, is, ta- is it Taxi or is it Taxi Driver? Oh, shit. The like, you looking to me? I think it is. Are you talking to me? Is it? Because, see, there's. Good question. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, why I was two, like.
0: Oh, no, wait. Taxi is with Queen Latifah, isn't it? And Jimmy Fallon? <laughs> <laughs> You heard it here, folks.
1: Right. Ian doesn't know the difference between <laughs> the Queen Latifah Jimmy Fallon sitcom <laughs> and an Academy Award winning film, Taxi Driver.
0: Yeah, dude. taxi is dead. Right. <laughs> you're absolutely Wait, right. That's fair enough, though. If you're not sure. Goddamn. Yeah. Yeah. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good.
1: Well, folks, thank you so much for tuning in to our ninth episode. Nine. This is huge. We're going to keep on going, keep that momentum going, bringing you that news each
0: week. Each week, son. Ben, where can our avid followers find you if they want to get in contact? Y'all can find me on Twitter at BTJenkins91. You can also find me on Facebook at Benjamin Timothy Jenkins. Where can the people find you, Ian?
1: My friends, if you want to reach out, you can find me on Twitter at Baby got knack. Or if you want to try to guess to spell Ian Muner, give it a go. you find me on the Facebook. I don't have an Instagram because my Facebook was hacked and I'm still figuring all that shit out. But yeah, I do yeah, have yeah. a new Facebook that is me
0: and not some weirdo overseas online. Right. And if you want to follow us on a social media platform, that is at Too Many Flicks, That's number two and with an X at the end on any social media platform. That's right. That's right. And we are Too Many Flicks, And we watch all the flicks.
1: So that you don't have to. Hell yeah. Boom, boom.